The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing the all-new RAV4 Hybrid. 208 combined horsepower and standard all-wheel drive make it the most powerful RAV4. Plus, with its head-turning style and breakaway speed, it's bound to change the way you think of a hybrid. The all-new RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota. Let's go places. Horsepower. Ratings achieved using the required premium melodic gasoline with an octane rating of 91 or higher. Premium fuel is not used. Performance will decrease. Hey, Fred. Thanks for letting me stay over in your yurt. <sighs> David, how many times do I have to tell you this? It is a yoft, not a yurt. What's a yoft? Oh, okay. Uh, yurt of the Amy Watson Fred type. It means it's a yurt-inspired dwelling, but custom design Got and it. not an authentic Mongolian yurt. Um, the lack of yak pelts would have you know, tip you off, I thought. Right. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Regardless, it's a very comfortable living space. Thank you. And I can, I can see myself happily nestled here amid the fleeces and the basutu blankets. Mm. <sighs> you could have, have the hammock if you prefer. Oh, no, this is very comfy on the floor. Cool. Hey, Fred. Yeah, David? Could, could you tell me a pod time story? About how you first got into audio fiction and what made you want to begin Radio Drama Revival? It's my favorite. Oh, David. It all began 12 years ago when I was younger and less grizzled by the hardships of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> twos and fro's. began on a Thursday. The most magical day. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, wow. So what was time like back then? Back when I made a show, because I thought it would be cool to make an audio show, and I didn't want, uh, I was a sort of a failed filmmaker dude, and someone got me into these wonderful things called audio stories, and I thought I would make one, and um, then I realized, what the heck do you do with it, and then I said, I wonder if I could put this on the internet, and I wonder if people would want to hear it. And uh, that's kind of how it all got started. And it originated as an over-the-air broadcast, right? It is true. I mean, this is like uh, back then, who in the oldie-timey days, I thought, uh, being both a failed filmmaker and a failed writer, that maybe I could print my uh, audio stories on CD-ROMs and give them to my friends, and perhaps they would listen to them in the car. Um, and so I also had the opportunity to go to a local radio station, um, community station WMPG here in Portland, Maine, and uh, pitch my show on, well, it's audio CD, not a CD-ROM, but you get the drift. And right. they were interested in putting it on the air. And so it's the wonderful thing. Um, I won't go into the whole lecture of the interesting media landscape that we have, but I think the whole community radio movement in the Americas is a very interesting story of how uh, local broadcasters have kept media going. And it's this fun, cool, crazy, wackadoodly place where anyone with an idea can just sort of go to the station and pitch the program director and get a spot on the radio. And uh, the program director, um, Lisa Bunker, thought the idea of a, uh, you know, one o'clock to 1.30 p.m. slot on a Thursday was a riveting time to play some contemporary radio drama. So uh, we started making shows, and I thought, hmm, perhaps not all that many people listen to shows uh, over the air in Portland, Maine on uh, 1.30 on Thursdays. Perhaps I should put it on the interwebs um, and give it to some gerbils to go through tubes, and maybe this will go somewhere. Um, and this was this was like 2007, right? It was, it was, and I I wasn't the first. I, I Jack Ward Sonic Society. I think had been going for as many as two or three years at that point. And I have to give a thanks to Jack because when I did put my very very first show out and really was like kind of helpless and saying what you know what do I do with this and w needing encouragement, you know. And Jack Ward put it on Sonic Society and kind of jump started my whole awareness that there was this whole online community and uh yeah and then there was a at the time there's an email listserv called the radio drama lofcom i think henry howard of um atlanta radio theater company had going and i just emailed that list cold and said hey i'm starting this new show in portland maine who would like to be on it and i got like a bunch of submissions and basically radio Drama revival was started and i never really had to go hunt out submissions after that. People just kept sending me stuff. And then it turned into this really fun journey of 
Um, you know, the having the radio show was nice because it meant that every Thursday something had to go out over the air, and so I had to come up with something <laughs> to fill 30 minutes of air. And sure. Um, and then it, if you go back to the first few episodes, I was not very good at what I was doing. But if you know, by the time you do 300 of something, you get better at it, hopefully. And um, you know, I think you know we can talk about kind of how things uh, transition to you know, passing the stewardship to you, but I feel like you've done something very similar to what I was doing in my tenure as host, which is uh, just having curiosity and following it. So it was really wonderful to go and stumble across audio artists whose work I admired and respected and then uh, call them up and say, hey, can we talk about what you do? And I'd just like to ask you a bunch of questions and we would just have these conversations and play. And I got to, you know, meet and talk to and develop all these mentors uh, through the years that I did that show. And it was wonderful. And that was the beginning of it all, David. Oh, I love that story, Fred. Thank you. Anytime. So one, I changed a couple of things about the show when, when you passed the torch to me in 2015 or so. Um, one of them was uh, I, I got a new theme song. And the other was that I changed the motto very slightly because you had it as showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio drama. And I changed just the one word, drama, because I, I saw things that, I, that were happening in this medium that didn't quite fit into the category of audio drama that we had previously reified. And I didn't want to miss out on cataloging them. So instead, the show's mission is now to showcase the diversity and vitality of modern audio fiction. So it's a broader category, audio fiction, right? And it can encompass many more styles from single-person fiction pieces like Welcome to Night Vale, classically, right? Or Unplaced or Gone to actual play shows like Join the Party, Arcs, and The End of Time and Other Bothers. There are so many other ways to tell stories with one voice or many. And speaking of many voices, hey, buddies, come on in. Oh, hey. Wow. A yurt. Of all the yurts I've been inside, this sure is one of them. Oh, it's not a yurt. Oh, I mean, hello. <laughs> Hi, Elena Fernandez-Collins. Hello, it me. Hi, Will Williams. Hello, my David of me. What it is, Fred? Hello. Welcome to the yoft. Fred, these are my wonderful friends, Ellie and Will, who will be joining the team as producers. Yes! Yeah! Welcome. I, I felt like we're at this inflection point for Radio Drama Revival. And so I wanted to bring Ellie and Will onto the show to help me expand my understanding and the show's understanding of what audio fiction is and can be. And so I wanted to take this time in this episode, both of the show and of our lives, to reflect on where we've been and then think about where we're going to go in the future. And all of that is best done in a yurt, I always say. In a yurt, being round like the circle of life, yes. death, rebirth, samsara, mm -hmm. revivals, audio fiction, storytelling in the caves to storytelling through your ears, through earbuds. I got it. Thank you, David. Yep. Very cool. Sure. Yes, exa that's exactly why. Will, my friend of me. Uh, first of all, please, Will, sit down, have some hot cocoa. Uh, Thank you. And, and tell me, you, of course, what what does audio fiction mean to you? Audio fiction means a lot of things to me. Um, I think the term is kind of broad, but that's in a way that isn't as much problematic to me as it is really exciting. I think that when people tend to think about audio fiction, they think of what a lot of people call audio drama. Scripted, large cast lots of sound design, overarching story, but I think we've seen more and more that that's expanding a lot. So anymore, I would consider audio fiction pieces of actual play where people are sitting down to play a tabletop game together, or, you know, we have these really exciting single narrative pieces like you touched on with um, Unplaced and Gone. It's a broad term, but in my mind, it encompasses a lot of what we're seeing right now. Um, I personally struggle with the term audio fiction in some ways. I know that when I was doing my best of 2018 list, I didn't know where to put everything is alive. Hmm. Um, but I think that I think that that is what 
makes some of it fun, finding the things that blur those lines, you know? I mean, what is it that Neil Verma likes to say? It's like a a medium in a naming crisis is a productive medium. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, I just want to add this one little quick note there. I think what's really interesting what you just said, Will, is that where the medium is is being formed more by digital native material than it was, say, maybe 10 years ago. So I was mm-hmm. thinking when, just what you just said. I was thinking like about the time Radio Revival started, mm-hmm. there were these things called patio books. And I don't know if anyone uses that term anymore, but I think that's kind of how people, that was like the mm-hmm. easiest word to explain kind of what people were doing. And now it's like- You're talking about lovely. like Scott Sigler, right? Like 2005 and Escape Pod, right? Yeah. And it's kind of, I think it's just kind of lovely that we've now kind of evolved to where you don't need to explain- yeah, it's just a little bit more self-evident than it was back then. So anyways, I digress. Yeah, that's that's what I was, I, I pulled up the Escape Pod web, website because mm-hmm. they started in 2005 and they described themselves as audio fiction as well. And that's short fiction read aloud. Hmm. Sorry, Will, you were saying? Yeah, basically, I think it's, I think it's a, an industry that is ever growing and ever redefining itself. And that's one of the things that I love about it most is that you know, it's not something that we can perfectly pin down. I think that that's something that speaks volume to how exciting it is versus something we should be frustrated about. Ellie, what about you? What does audio fiction mean for you? Um, I'm going to agree and yet also disagree with Will for once. Ooh, Ooh I know, hot, hot takes. takes. Right here. Cool treats. Symbol clash. Um, I love it. Anecdotally, I've found... So, anecdata. Um, I found that when I use the term audio fiction with people who aren't already involved with podcasts in some way, um, like listening to podcasts inclusively, like actively, um, when I say audio fiction, the first thing they think about is stuff like escape pods, uh, like the patio books narrated written fiction and not the Mm. full cast performances and so they'll ask oh do you mean like an audiobook and this is where I end up agreeing with Will in that using the term audio fiction gets people into that ballpark who may not have experienced this kind of thing before faster than my own experiences with using the term audio drama have been. I, I don't want to leave that portion of the population behind. In fact, I I think that that's a very valuable and important part of the population that we need to figure out how to bring on. And if that means that in our our press and our marketing and um, things like radio drama revival, we have to change the terminology to be broader and simpler to understand like at a glance for everyone then that is the, they produce their art and when they produce their podcasts are obviously, but I'm going to say it out loud anyway, welcome to use whatever term they think suits it best. But then again, you know, audio fiction is this, is this broad term, a broader category that enables us to include all different forms of what a, a fiction podcast, let us say, could take, right? Right. And that things like improv storytelling in a gamified mechanic are absolutely forms of storytelling and fiction that should be included. Single creator podcasts with only one voice, absolutely a thing that needs to be included as well. All of these things. And so when I look at the term audio fiction, mm-hmm. I see it as a gateway word. So like I I I know you both and you know me, but the listeners don't really know your, you know, capital O, capital S origin stories. Um, so I want to know, Allie and Will, flip a coin if you, you know, who wants to go first. How did each of you get involved in audio drama criticism? Or how'd you get into audio fiction generally? Ellie, why don't you go first? The criticism part was an accident. (laughs) (laughs) A side effect of the internet. Um, (laughs) uh, well, I started, well, what happened was that there Two goblins on this podcast convinced me to apply to write an online publication. No idea who I'm talking about. Definitely not David who? and Will. What? Um, hmm? Whomst? What? Which, but, which goblins? Like, roll it back a little. <laughs> it was. That was us. Like when you started describing that, I was like, it oh, was that's David probably and Gavin and Will. That wouldn't have been me. But it was me and it you. It was we you. Are great. <laughs> oh. Um, We're great. 
It's true. Um, Sorry, Ellie, continue. But to roll it back a little bit, um, I I started listening to audio fiction podcasts sometime in like I want to say like late late bachelors, um, my late bachelors years, like right after in like two thousand and then twelve ish, um, but sometime in 2017 so fairly recently or late 2016 i started talking about them on twitter very ably i might add oh thank you i came off of private on twitter specifically to at some audio fiction creators and tell them how much i loved their stuff um specifically the people at mars corp and then i just kept kept going because i realized that people on twitter actually do reply to normal randos on the internet and that was validating in a way uh and it felt good to be able to see people's positive reactions to what i was saying to be like oh man thanks i was just like oh hello person who i respect and admire on the internet thanks for replying <laughs> to this normal rando yeah, on twitter exactly and then it kept going and it kind of had a snowball effect <laughs> Um, and then in December of 2017, the aforementioned David and Will team up, uh, <laughs> convinced me to apply for the, um, audio fiction beat at the Bellow Collective. And now here I am. Internet, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, internet. We'll take that credit. So, Will, what's, what's your story? Did you fall into, like, a radioactive podcast or something? Like, how did you... No, no, How'd no. How'd you get your powers? Um, a radioactive podcast bit me. Oh. Yeah. So now you have the proportional strength and speed of of Roman Mars. Sorry. <laughs> God, I wish. <laughs> um, what's weird is that I turned into a spider. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just I'm just a spider now. Um, it didn't actually affect anything to do with podcasts. I'm just a spider. Um, I'm very small. Um, turning on the mic was really hard. Mm -hmm. I had to turn my gain up super high. I hope you can hear me. No, you're coming in clear as a bell. That's great. Still retain, you know, like human speech. It's surprising because you've got like, you know, like a <laughs> diaphragm that can be measured in nanometers, right? Yeah, well, what's what's not great about it is that I still have all of my human organs. Um, it's kind of like a TARDIS body. So all the guts are there. Um, just hacked inside of a tiny spider. This is a nightmare. <laughs> Will, making not only the human body, but also the spider body a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, isn't that really on brand, though? <laughs> Will, can I ask kind of a, a personal question? Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> and you tell me if this is inappropriate. Uh, what comes out the spinneret? Everything. <laughs> Welcome, podcast listeners. <laughs> so, my tiny spider friend. With normal human Wilhelmia, organs. Mm -hmm, the spider. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh -huh. Tell me about your interest in audio fiction and where it began and how you also became a titan of the internet. Yeah, so um, similar timing to Ellie's, actually. I started listening to audio fiction um, by way of Night Vale, as so many of us did back um, late undergrad. Um, and then at the same time, I was working at my college radio station. And I did actually some sound design back then for just some silly shows that we were doing on, again, the college radio station. But I knew how much work went into it. And Night Vale, you know, doesn't have much sound design going into it. But then I found Limetown and I fell in love. And then I found... Um, First, I found Ars Paradoxica, and then I found The Bright Sessions, and I was pretty active on Tumblr at that point, and I noticed that there was this fandom cropping up about audio fiction, and specifically those two shows, and everybody was talking about the writing and the performances, which are both amazing, um, but nobody was talking about the incredible work that Misha Stanton was doing for both shows, sound design and editing, and it drove me up the wall. It felt like a, a great injustice. And I just, I needed to scream about how much work sound design takes and uh, how beautiful Misha's work is. 
So I started writing little reviews on a on a Tumblr account, um, and then they started going pretty well. And then I thought, okay, well, I, I actually really enjoy this, and if I want those reviews to be taken seriously, I should probably not do them on Tumblr. So I made my own site, and then I went to PodCon, and my life really changed. I met a ton of people, and my site got more traffic, and I wrote for Bellow Collective for a while, and then I met you and Ellie and everybody, and now here I am. It's it's bonkers to me that I've known you for only a little bit over a year. Yeah, our Facebook, like, you became Facebook friends with David Reinstrom video came up the other day, and I was like, don't. <laughs> Don't talk to me. Don't say... You liar. Shut up, Facebook. I was very offended. <laughs> what What are some podcasts that have you both super excited of late? Ellie, maybe let's start with you. Flyest Fables, second season coming out. Uh, we had... You had Morgan Givens on the show um, recently, and... I did. What a fella. What a fella. What a fella. Uh... Morgan is is wonderful, uh, and Flyest Fables is doing some really amazing things uh, with the incorporation of like music into storytelling with Morgan's own um, like his his voice and his vocal range and like talent, sheer levels of talent at voicing multiple characters. Can I just say it's disgusting how much talent he has? Yes, it it is. It's frankly it is. I'm it's wounded. Disgusting. How Morgan? How dare you? How dare you? Uh, how dare? <laughs> uh, so I'm super excited for the second season of Flyest Fables this year. Uh, the first season blew it out of the water for me. I'm pretty sure I put Flyest Fables on every single best of list that I participated <laughs> in. Um, yeah, I have no regrets. It deserves it. Um. I'm also really excited about uh, the upcoming Weeksville project. Mm -hmm. That's created by Keisha TK Dutes um, from like TK and the AM. And she's also the uh, one of the producers for Thirst Aid Kit. Um, uh, and it's, it is a, it was a live um, audio performance about uh, like slices of life in the neighborhood of Weeksville, which was this historically like a freed black neighborhood with like a, a like a school and its own newspaper um, and their own businesses uh, in the this 1800s. was in in Brooklyn, right? In Brooklyn, yes. Um, and eventually, Weeksville was was subsumed by by Brooklyn, and it still has historical locations, you know, like the Weeksville Heritage Society where they performed it, and now it's coming. Uh, into a podcast form, right? So they did it live. They streamed it um, on Bonfire Radio. It's it's just simply amazing. It's it's really it's absolutely what I want to see more of um, in the audio space, especially with it being slice of life uh, historical fiction from you know uh, historically silenced voices, right? Nice. Mm -hmm. Um, and then. I'm trying to see if I can pick ones that Will won't pick. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Hit the Bricks. That's That was going to be my first. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie, you go for it. You go for it. Okay. I have I have Hit the Bricks or Unwell. Oh, my God. Oh, Unwell was oh, my second. God damn it. <laughs> see, why I was so excited <laughs> to bring all y'all onto the show is because I felt, okay, you know, these women have complimentary taste to mine. Like, we're going to have things, we're going to all enjoy different things. But God damn it, I wrote mine down in the Google Doc. I staked a claim. Yeah, you, you tipped your hand pretty easy there, yeah. friend. Oh, that's true. So, so funny. Uh, okay, so Will and I are sometimes basically the same person. Um, it's so true. I'm, I'm going to go hit the bricks and Will can talk about unwell. Um, yeah. <laughs> So hit the bricks uh, just a day when we are recording this, um, February twelfth. So like, congratulations to hit woo the bricks. Um, woo woo! It is in. Um, it is a podcast uh, set in the world of Oz, 
which is now in the public domain, about a um, a girl named Jessie who, you know, the, the tr- semi-traditional Oz story, right? She gets stuck in Oz and has adventures in Oz. Um, but the... The storytelling technique in Anne Hit the Bricks relies really heavily both on references to across the whole of the Oz universe and on the music. Um, the the music composition and selection for Hit the Bricks is mind-bogglingly good. Um, it evokes that dreamlike, otherworldly quality and really, that Hit the Bricks is going to be doing and that seriously all-star cast. Wow. Will, what are some of the podcasts you're super stoked for? Well, let's start okay. with Unwell. <laughs> Do less. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Unwell is coming out of Heart Life, um, which David might know something about. Uh, I don't know her. City. They do. <laughs> Not at all. Not for at all. Uh, for context, listeners, and... I spent five years working on our first city. Yeah. These are some of my best friends in the whole world. Sorry, we'll continue. Ellie and I actually listened to the first three episodes together over the weekend, and it is a Midwestern Gothic. Um, it's coming out the 20th of this month, um, and it is so intriguing. One thing that is amazing is that Ellie and I noticed that the sound design and editing each episode changes, but it sounds entirely cohesive, which I don't know how they did um the midwestern gothic comes through really strong and i feel like this is a good time for that um it has a narrator who's not necessarily unreliable and not necessarily unlikable but she's relatable in maybe uncomfortable ways which i really deeply appreciate Mm -hmm. and it plays with not quite campy but like comedic but still deeply unsettling in a way that i really love i want to clarify something if that's okay yeah uh, when you say no when, no but when i just want to make sure that listeners know that when when will says narrator uh she doesn't mean that, oh i'm sorry i mean protagonist yeah protagonist. Yeah. yes thank you yep. And then the next one I'm excited about is one that's coming from Anthony Olivieri, who made 2298. He did make Limbo, which I was a part of. So there's some bias there, but I love his works. Um, He also made The Magic Kingdom. So his next project is going to be called Great and Terrible. Um, I've heard a few episodes of it. One thing that's interesting is that um, Anthony Olivieri usually does very short episodes. Great and Terrible is even shorter. there is it's a story about immortality um but there's a little bit of a dark twist to that as his stories usually have i can't talk about it very much but from what i've heard i'm very excited about it and his cast list keeps growing in ways that are really beautiful so if you're looking for fiction that is strange and sort of dreamlike but very short uh great and terrible is going to be one to check out as well when you say very short, Will, because, like, episodes of 2298 were, like, seven or eight minutes. Shorter. Is this, is this like, microfiction? Shorter. Is this, like, yes. 90 seconds, like, three minutes? Three minutes, just about. Interesting. Yeah, very short. But it, it did it really well from what I heard. Like, I think that there's going to be some audience buy-in already if, for people who are familiar with his works. Um, but he really packs an incredible amount in just three minutes. I was very surprised and very delighted i love things that do something strange with form and then completely excel at them so the last one i want to talk about has to be caravan Uh. yeah has to be uh caravan is the new audio fiction coming out of the whisper forge which is um they've done ars paradoxica the far meridian star tripper they've got more on the way i feel like 2019 is going to be the year of of the Whisper Forge if it's not already. Um, Caravan is a weird West that is very queer and hilarious, but also really sentimental. Um, The first three episodes have come out by now, and it keeps getting more more steeped in its beautiful world building, introducing more very interesting characters, and 
making the lead, um, the protagonist, Samir, even more um, endearing and relatable. And he's hilarious. I, I love the direction. And I think that Tozaman, the creator, has such an incredible vision. Um, to created Nikhil Sharma from um, Ars Paradoxica, who, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated characters in audio fiction that we've ever seen, or I guess heard. Um, and I, I can't wait to see where Caravan is going to lead us. Probably to the sky. Probably. If I know anything about the show. <laughs> David? Yes, Will? What are some of the podcasts that have you super excited about right now? Well, I mean, bedang, other than the ones y'all already mentioned. Let me mm-hmm. see. Other than the ones that we stole? Yeah, other than the ones that you stole from me, your friend. <laughs> um... I really loved the first season of Star Tripper, also yeah. a Whisper Forge production. Uh, just a really wonderful, inventive, uh, kind-hearted and thoughtful science fiction adventure. Um, and I'm really digging um, The Van by Emma Mantoyani, uh, which is about a bunch of magical teenagers trapped in a van by kind of an awful Mrs. Hannigan type, but they've all got superpowers. Uh Will, did you say it was like, someone said it was um, X-Men meets, who was I just reading about that just wrote up the Yeah, that was me. That was was me. X-Men meets. Um, What did I say? I don't know, but it was very clever and I liked it. Pulling up my own goddamn list. I read a very thoughtful critic the other day who said something very insightful and it was. One part X-Men, one part road trip. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I just, I really love the... The thorny, like, nastiness of its intra-teen dynamics. Um, It really gets at the way that, like, young people can be really cruel to one another when they're under terrible stress. And I realize I'm making it sound like a massive bummer, but it's also extremely well-acted and entertaining and hopeful and and cool and good. Um... And everything else, you <laughs> bastards have all said already. And there, are, I mean, there are there are so many podcasts that I'm super psyched yeah. for. Um, very excited for uh, a Ghost Radio project to come back if that's coming back in 2019. Yeah. Um, which again is about a bunch of misfits in a van. I guess I have a, a type. <laughs> well, see, apparently, the misfits in a van, van theme is like solid. It's real good. Yeah. Well, can, can I butt in? I I Fred. really want to hear if it if they if uh, it's not necessarily clear whether it's still going to be. I mean, it sounds like it's still going to come out. Um, the Lauren Shippen and John Dryden team up passenger uh, list. Passenger um, list. Um, oh, yeah. So I I I I I think. Uh, I mean, that's it's a whole other conversation about kind of how the 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 kind of businessification of podcasting is going and and the sort of good and and not as great things that are happening to but but it's uh i hopefully delightful fred what are you talking about our friends at Spotify yeah a big buckets of money and, and hopefully that talk about how great uh, they are. you know we'll talk right this this the space we've just <laughs> been talking about are the you know by the grit of their teeth and by the looniness of being creative kinds of projects and i think that's the most interesting stuff happening right. but what's even more interesting is when some of the people who are from that scene get opportunities to do what they're doing on a you know with some more resources and so mm-hmm. i would love to see some of our um the people who've kind of earned their their marks um you know with the self created crowdfunded bootstrap stuff get more opportunities and so something like passenger list i think is really interesting about where um these crazy independent people can go when the system doesn't just sort of stay in its own echo chamber that's what i hope to be able to say about the show (laughs) yeah i I, i'm excited to hear more like local gal or guy or Mm -hmm. nb makes good Mm -hmm. you know kind of kind of stories like like lauren selling um you know, selling shows to NBC and a book deal and this John Dryden thing. Like, it's all, and, you know, Mac going from, Mac Rogers going from the work that he was doing on stage to, to getting greater opportunities to showcase his work to the wider public. Um, what's been very cool about watching those creators succeed 
is the like mm-hmm. tide lifting all boats strategy mm-hmm. that I witness. Uh, it's been very cool to see people that come from the indie community pulling their friends into the money zone. <laughs> small amounts of money zone, but still. <laughs> the small amounts of money zone. The modest, the modest money zone. Yeah, the the tides uh, raising all ships is something that Amanda McLaughlin talks about a lot from Multitude. Um, Mm -hmm. And I would say that Join the Party is another great one to talk about for podcasts that feel very indicative of a trend right now. Um, Join the Party is this great actual play podcast that features some beautiful sound design. And we're seeing more and more of this lately um, which is one of the reasons why I think audio fiction is such a great term for us to use. But yeah, broadly speaking, what 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 typifies this period of podcasting for you? What are the what are the trends that you're seeing in the industry, uh, in indies? What are what are we looking at here? Inter- y'all are y'all are the experts, the ringers that I've brought on to analyze internationalization. Yeah. Yes. Please give me more stuff. From not the U.S. or the U.K. Um, so that's something that I'm noticing, like, an uptick in from this past year. So uh, this past year I've been collecting um, audio fiction debuts uh, for the Bella Collective. And so I have, like, a bunch of statistics from this year sitting on my computer telling me stuff. And one of the things that it tells me is that I do have, like, a uh, podcast from... Places like Uganda, like Spain, Portugal, like South Africa. Places where getting traction in a market that is heavily English dominant difficult, but they are still managing it. See that continue. Um, I speak Spanish uh, natively, so I'm able to... um, listen to Spanish language podcasts on top of English language ones. Um, but not only that, I want to like, see... Like two at once, simultaneously? That, like one yeah, earbud one ear, has one, one ear in one. Spanish and one ear in English. That wouldn't, that won't ruin me at all. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, but I also want to see more of like things that I saw on like, podcasts like The Eye um, uh, or um, uh, Joseph. Which uses English and Chinese kind of... Yes. Inter interminably doesn't always gloss the Chinese. Exactly, yeah. Stuff where other languages, languages other than English, are presented honestly by people who speak that language and aren't necessarily can, like glossed in an irrational or nonsensical way, just so that English speakers can understand what's happening. New season of Marsfall too. Yes, new season of Marsfall as well. Uh, the 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 white the new stuff from Fool and Scholar probably, mm-hmm. um, things like that. Will, you started to talk about actual plays. Did we get to your what typifies this period of podcasting for you answer? Yeah, I would say I would say the broadening of, of audio fiction. I think the actual plays are one of the biggest trends that we're seeing right now, largely launched by the advent of the Adventure Zone, um, which did and does, you know, very, very, very well, has a very dedicated fan base. So we're seeing now these works of collaborative fiction in things like Join the Party and ARCs and, of course, The End of Time and Other Bothers. Um, What I love is that it's, you know, improvised collaborative storytelling with a gamified system. And also many of them are bringing in those sound design elements, bringing in, you know, some foley, some music, which I think is just lovely. It really makes it engaging while also having that sort of meta level of friends talking to each other and bonding. So you kind of get that mix of a typical fiction work and also the overtalk and the personalities of the hosts themselves. Moving forward, what do y'all see as the big opportunities for storytelling in this medium? Ellie, you were starting to talk about that with like a push towards greater internationalization, but I, I I mean more on like the level of the individual storyteller. What are you, what are you looking at in terms of trends in that regard? More historically silenced voices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this could be a medium that champions genuinely champions diversity. Right. I think that this this could be. Mm-hmm a medium that enables 
and supports those voices to write and create and, and act um, and, you know, publish the, the, um, the fiction that they want to hear themselves in. Um, and I, I use the phrase could be because, right, we still have a lot of work to do and, and ignoring that is disingenuous and uh, frankly dangerous. Um, we have to make sure that if, if we're working in this medium, then we have to be sure that we're thinking about all the people who are not um, and why they are not and how this space can become something that they can see themselves working in. And so that means you know, supporting the people who are already making these choices and making sure to talk about like, well, you know, consider you know, hiring these these voices who haven't been able to be hired before and and things like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was that that was really a big reason of why I wanted to bring both of you on to this project, right? Because if if Radio Drama Revival is intended to be a signal booster, well, there are now more signals than I alone can receive. And so I feel like our little our little boosting station needs a couple more, you know, receiver dishes. Mm -hmm. I like that analogy. And what dishes you are? <laughs> uh, no, that's weird. Uh, I, am, I have a nice little like white plate with some dark blue um, classic artist designs. Wait. You know, little flowers and stuff. I am a commemorative plate with Gerald Ford's face upon it. We've already talked about this. I'm a spider. A spider. <laughs> we'll bring him back the juke. Yeah, <laughs> ladies and germs. That is what we call a callback in the comedy can industry. I, can I can I just say how important um, Ellie's point is, though, in the sense that yeah, right. So any medium, anything is only you know. What's wonderful is that we all get to be part of this thing as it's uh, you know. I think it's still something only about barely more than half of the U.S. population, or maybe it's less than that, actually listens to podcasts regularly. So as those of us who are in this space may feel mm -hmm. like it's huge, but it's really mm -hmm. not. It's still quite s small and still this fun little incubation point. And this is a place where we can potent have the potential, the potentiality to be better than the rest of the, you know, uh, entertainment mainstream or not. And there's certainly there the potential of... Uh, some of a medium that has you know very low barriers to entry and and happens to have attracted a bunch of really cool fun uh generally nice you know I, the, the, i'd say the audio drama community has been wonderful it's a wonderful in and and as we say with audio fiction a broadening tent of folks so there's lots of positive things but there's also is like legitimate there's also legitimate things that we do need to work on as ellie points out like uh, you know, going back to what the era of this looked like prior to the internet, and the you know it's a very real you know, white male cis dominated medium like so many others, and it's a lot of the stuff. There's so much, uh, so much sci-fi and horror and fantasy, which well, I, which I'll own to some extent because I I love producing that medium too. But there's been so much of that geek stuff in the origins that we need to also allow ourselves to expand all the wonderful opportunities that may still yet to come. So uh, yeah. bring me more rom-coms, bring me more rom-coms. Well, bring me more of everything. If you, mm -hmm. if you want to write it, I want, I want you to write it and I want you to write it the way that your voice wants to write it. I was going to make like a dumb joke, but now you said something like sincere and honest and good. And I feel bad now. I'm here to ruin all your <laughs> jokes. <David. sighs> Oh, that was the other reason I brought you With on. With my heart. <laughs> yeah, as we know, I have a, I have a, a little <laughs> shrivelly prune of a heart that contains no sentiment whatever. That's true. None whatsoever. I, I, this is mm -hmm. something that was pointed out by To Zaman, um, the creator of Caravan. Uh, and they are right uh, in that one of the barriers, the barriers of entry mm -hmm. are not just things that are material, right? It's not just... Um, you know, the cost of a microphone and the cost of, like, hosting a feed. It's also the emotional cost of mm. how are people going to react to this and the fact that especially trans people and people of color are already preparing for uh, racist, uh, transphobic backlash. 
And in some cases, that will prevent people from creating. Mm-hmm. Or it might, and it makes it hard. And so making sure to think about that when we are showcasing these productions is really important to me. Um, and on top of that, of course, is the fact that first-time creators in any medium, but also in podcasting, which has gotten, um, which has very quickly become something that people like to talk about, like, uh, the production value, first-time creators get disheartened, yeah, um, but they also, people don't react as well to their work, um, as they would to, like, a first-time creator that maybe, like, has, like, backing or, like, a lot of money or someone who has produced multiple things before and has a lot of experience, um, and that, of course, again, counts doubly true if it is a marginalized, so they have an even higher bar that they in society have to cross in order for their work to be considered good. Giant air quotes. And I think it's important to point that out because that's stuff that we have to fight against, especially as people with relative privilege, right? Yeah, I, f I feel like a lot of times people will hear a show and say, well, th I don't think this is good because of the mm -hmm. production value, but they're really listening for mm -hmm. the money? They're listening for the money. Right. Um, and I think that in many ways... The audio fiction can be a very accessible lo-fi medium if you allow it to be. If you think about it mm -hmm. as like to to listen to like early garage rock or punk music and be like, oh wow, this is like mm -hmm. way too distorted and the vocals are blown out, completely misses the point of the exercise. Well, let's think about the Magnus Archives. So the Magnus Archives is a wildly successful show that has that lo-fi sensibility. And while at first listeners might be dissuaded, I know that initially I was like, oh, okay. Um, one, it makes sense for the sort of framing device that they're playing with. Second, you get over it very quickly because the work itself is very good. And I feel like I'm not seeing that same allowance given to works that have similar or even sometimes better what we can call production quality um, from creators who are more visibly marginalized. All of these things are important to keep in our minds and hearts as we move forward together working on the show. Can someone take us out on a thing that's not a bummer? Yeah, um, I was gonna say, David, I, I've got one question for you, actually. Uh-oh. Do you believe in souls? God uh, damn it, Will! <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that's that's a conversation for you, me, and Maimonides, the 14th century Jewish sage. <laughs> Another time. <laughs> and listeners, if you don't know what Will is referring to, I would encourage you to please listen to David's interview with Gabriel Urbina and Sarah Shackett. Um, Which is also uh, just a very good interview. I'm very I'm very pleased with that interview, but it's it's, an it's, extremely it's taken good interview. It really is. Thank but you. also, then they'll get the joke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but but it's also taken on this mimetic quality, courtesy of Will. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Will. You're welcome. But but no, legitimately, thank you. I, it's such it's such a delight and a privilege to get to make this thing with the two of you. I'm so glad that you're joining our team. Okay, well, thank you, everyone. For I see you've all finished <laughs> your tea. Thank you very much for it visiting. Was such uh, the great Wait, hold on! It was hot chocolate. The... Yeah, yeah. Uh, trans sorry, trans Fred. A uh, point of order, point of uh, point of continuity. Yeah. He said, pushing his glasses up his nose. It was it was continuity. hot cocoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cocoa, cacao. Uh, well, Ellie and Will, thank you very much for help for uh, having the lovely uh, hot cocoa that uh, David provided. I very much hoped that you will enjoy the. Yoftiness of Radio Drum Revival as we expand our audio fiction tent for um, all sorts of voices, um, new and old, and continuing and ongoing, and uh, continuing this little adventure of audio storytelling. It's it's this is so fun. Thank you. We're really happy to be here. We are. It's true. Fred, have you considered, this is not octagonal room, right? Have you considered, like, over by the doe skins, maybe we could do, like, an expansion, like an Ellie and Will annex, you yeah, know? Given that this is, like, a trans-dimensional space, I think mm -hmm. it can be kind of anything. Will, what would go in your, your section of the annex? Yeah. Uh, literally just a comfy bed. I, I, I'm so tired all the time. Like a spider size or, like, woman size? No, woman-sized. I want the whole bed. 
got a skitter. Got a skitter all around. God, I I hate it. (laughs) I require one not with Will. One what? Bed. Wow, okay. Oh, and and bed. Or annex. Listen. You say that now, but wait until you see my skitters. Oh, no. Oh, no. Are you going to seek... I mean, it just maybe the personal question, Will, but are you seeking treatment? No. Um, For your arachnid-isia? Arachnid-isium? <laughs> yeah, I, I tried um, talking to my dad about it, but he just, he like threw an apple at me and it's lodged in my back. Oh, and God. I'm pretty sure I'm just gonna, you know, waste away. And that's fine. You know, it's 2019. Yeah, it's the year of waking up and finding yourself transformed into a hideous vermin. Thank you yeah, for having exactly. us on. I think we're going to change this to Arthropodcast. That's the name of our show now. Thanks for listening. I'm Daddy Longlegs. <laughs> bad. No. So bad. Thank you for listening to the show. I'm David Reinstrom. I'm Fred Greenhold. I'm Elena Fernandez-Collins. I'm Will Williams. And this has been Radio Drama Revival. All, All storytellers story welcome. welcome. Well, regardless, it's a very comfortable living space. Hold on. I'm going to go turn off my refrigerator. Hold okay. on two seconds. I'm, I'm going to try to remember. Hey, Fred. One hey, Fred. Is your refrigerator <laughs> running? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm a grown man. David. <laughs> I'm back. All right. Whackity smackity do. There's a difference between do-it-yourself and do-it-for-a-living. At The Home Depot, we get that. And we're here to help pros get the job done with the products and brands you trust. Technology to keep your job on track. Job site delivery to save you time. And bulk pricing on over 4,000 items every day to save you money. When you've got a job, we're on the job. The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing the all-new RAV4 Hybrid. 208 combined horsepower and standard all-wheel drive make it the most powerful RAV4. Plus, with its head-turning style and breakaway speed, it's bound to change the way you think of a hybrid. The all-new RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota. Let's go places. Horsepower. Ratings achieved using the required premium and lead gasoline with an octane rating of 91 or higher. Premium fuel is not used. Performance will decrease.